This road to Osaka series is powered by Mizuno. Over the next nine weeks, join us as we follow the journey of Reese Edwards, Rachel McGuinness, and Julian Spence on their push to the Osaka Marathon. All right, here we go. Episode one of the hotly anticipated Road to Osaka Marathon. I'm joined here by two Mizuno stars of Australian running who are on their way to run the marathon at Osaka. Uh, we've heard of them before, but I'm going to introduce firstly Rachel McGuinness, who uh, is joining us from where? Richmond in Melbourne. Oh, very good. Very good. Now, Rach, we had you on a couple of weeks ago, I reckon it was, um, and you were going all guns blazing. But do you want to give us a quick little update before we get to in a bit of a get-to-know-you type fire, uh, fire questions at you around sort of setting you up for the series? So where are you at now compared to two weeks ago? Um. <laughs> Not in such a good place now compared to two weeks ago. I've had an early incarnation of the curse um, mm. take me out of training for a couple of weeks. Um, and it came with a bit of a plot twist as well. Uh, just before Christmas, I got some mild calf pain and ran on it for a few days. And then it got a bit worse. So I panicked and booked an MRI thinking, just check the box, get a stress fracture ruled out. Um, got the scan. My sports doctor kindly looked at it for me um, before it was reported and said, it's just medial tibial stress syndrome. And that fit with my symptoms. And it's commonly known as shin splints. So take some time off. You'll probably come right in like a, a week or a couple of weeks. And then just after Christmas, the um, MRI got reported and it got reported as a grade 4B stress fracture. And like, yeah, ha had a bit of a moment of unraveling. And um, yeah, had like yeah started cancelling plans and cancelling like runs and things and then started thinking about it and it just didn't really fit with my symptoms and um, my sports doctor went back and looked at the images for me and said yeah I, I don't think this is this is a break in the bone so I recommended that I got a CT and obviously because of Christmas and all that I had to wait a little bit to get that so I had that done on Tuesday this week and it's confirmed that it's not a fracture so just trying to treat it at the moment um, as shin splints, medial tibial stress syndrome. Um, and, yeah, I've done a bit of offloaded running and hoping to get to some ground running this week. So can you just run us through the difference between grade four stress fracture and medial tibial stress yeah. syndrome? Yeah, so medial tibial stress syndrome, which is shin splints, is a spectrum of disorders with grade one being just inflammation of the lining of the bone the periosteum and then grade four is right at the end of the spectrum which is when you get a crack in the bone um so really it, it all kind of is this continuum with varying changes in the bone until it gets to this stress fracture so i have a lower grade version of that but when it was the mri was reported it said that it was the worst grade um so uh, at the moment, they're thinking I'm maybe kind of more along the kind of grade two. So um, there's varying like data out there that says that if you have a grade uh, one, you probably need a couple of weeks off training. Grade two is probably more like three to four weeks. So we're just trying to find out where along that continuum I am and where we can try and like broach getting a bit of running back in. Mm. But I'm just so glad it wasn't stressy. Yeah. So your intuition was right. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that must I mean, I, I could jump on, I could hop on it. Um, it was sore, but I could like do 10 hops on it. And I was like, I'm getting mild pain. Whereas um, if you have a grade four stress fracture, you should be in like debilitating pain, like crying after a couple of jumps. So, yeah. All right. Well, probably a good time to introduce um, Melbourne's self-proclaimed running physio. We got the running tradie and we got the running physio, he calls himself. Um so Reese Edwards, geez, nice time for some special comments on um, Rachel's injury here from a from a physiotherapist's point of view. Yeah. First, firstly, I actually work in acquired brain injuries, so I don't actually work in sports physiotherapy. Just getting that that straight out of there. And there's 150 other running physios out there, at least probably in Richmond. But I have a quick question, but in regards of how do they distinguish the difference between, say, a tib post tendon, I say tendinopathy, and the actual inflammation of the periosteum? Like, have they done an ultrasound? Is that what came up on CT? No, or? So that's, that's what came up on the MRI. Like, you can see the the periosteal inflammation. Like, you can that like it lights up around the bone. They didn't like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut out. Yeah, I was just saying I had I had an MRI that confirmed like that showed quite significant periosteal inflammation. You can see it like on an MRI, it just lights up like okay. the bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was just yeah, because just it's an interesting one, isn't it? There's a lot of kind of uh, new research, and it's kind of a lot in the army, isn't it? Like a lot of military yeah. kind of backgrounds yeah. where a lot of the research has come from. Yeah. Um, what is so the new research of, compared to the old research? Well, actually, there's it's kind of the reason why it's called a syndrome is this is from my understanding, um, and I could be completely wrong, and Rachel will shut me down. But it's called a syndrome because it's kind of it's a theory on they don't actually know what's happening. Um, it's because it, it's they're either talking it's from like traction of the tib post or the soleus on the periosteum, or it's actual direct overload to the bone. So they don't actually know why. It happens type thing. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's a fun fact, I thought. So if you don't know why it happens, then it's hard to uh, find a solution for it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my understanding, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it'd be a real, really, really tricky one that Rachel's got with. It's kind of one of those ones where our, and I think you're experiencing it right now where, you, you, like you said, you could hop 10 times. So you're like, can I run through this? Should I run through this? You, you know the consequences if you overdo it um so it's, it's actually a, like a really interesting one i reckon i, I want to say about 20 percent of runners get this injury so i think there'd be a lot of people out there that'd be pretty interested to hear you talk about it yeah apparently it's the third most common injury amongst runners mm. after mm. itb and patellofemoral runner's knee right well, it's so achilles isn't even above them wow well that's, what, that's what i was yeah interesting I've got it now too, maybe not to the degree that you do, but I've got pain in my mid-shin every time I run when I wake could up. Be, could be in your head, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not um, as professional in my rehab as Rachel is. I'm just pretending it's not there and keep it, keeping on running <laughs> and hoping that that number progression from one to four doesn't happen. Uh, but do you know what I had the other day, Reese? that um, really helped it? 
You, oh, you're going to bring up dry needling, aren't you? I had my calf needled and it felt amazing afterwards. Yeah, well, that's good. That's There's good. magic in those needles, I'm telling that, you. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. Uh, if, like, honestly, I'll say it now. If it works for you, keep doing it. All right. Thank you. That's good to hear. I like the confidence. But how about you tell us now two weeks since we heard from you last? Are you fit? Have you run more marathons since then? Uh, my fitness is improving. Yeah, my fitness is definitely improving. So I think two weeks ago, I just finished Singapore. Um, I'm such a good bloke. I brought COVID home from Singapore for my four-week-old son. So I thought I was a bit, I thought I was cooked from Singapore, which I probably was cooked from Singapore, but I had uh, COVID on top of that. And I was so, race was on Sunday. I was running home from work on Wednesday. It's just six kilometers. And I stopped at about four and a half and I was in agony every single step of the way from my chest in my head. And that was the moment when I was like, if Lisa Waitman ran 224 with COVID, (laughs) my goodness, that thing is worth it, buddy, 216, because I ain't running 224 with COVID. Yeah, that's that's a good point, that, because we've sort of glossed over the fact that she had COVID during the race. Yeah, like honestly, I've never, I had to stop at five kilometers because the, it was, I don't know, it's just weird. You have nothing, you have nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, be a great run if it's what happened. So, were you running home from work? Yeah, I was running home from work. And like every time I looked down at my watch, it had like pressure in like your sinus areas above your eyes. And that was the moment where I was, and I was just in agony in my chest. I was like, oh, something's happening here. And then, I got home, opened my phone, and I had a message from a local Singaporean lad. And he was like, just letting you know, he named about five people who I was with all weekend. Yeah, we've all tested positive for COVID. Oh. And my, so my partner was like, yeah, maybe test. And, yeah, there I went. It's good to hear that you um, spent a day at the hospital with COVID. Yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent right. I can't deny. I, I can't. I can't deny that. Yes. Well, I did. I got a week off after that. So yeah. Oh yeah, and that's paid paid for you. So a little extra holiday on top. Yeah, but you know, I was I didn't actually know I had symptoms when I went to work. Like I had no runny nose, no cough. It was literally that run home when I was like, something's off here. All right, you're still a good guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just go through. We're going to do a little quick fire. Get to know you guys before we get into this series. Maybe create some talking points for the rest of the show from you guys. So I'm going to start, we're going to start with you, Rachel. Um, you can get into these questions in your answers or you can just give one-liners. I don't really mind. Um, let's start now. What was your, who is, where was your hometown growing up? Uh, I'm actually, I'm originally from Tooting in South London, but I grew up in Kent, a place called Seven Oaks in the southeast. Okay. That's in England. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> People say that I sound Australian now, so. Oh, no, definitely not. No, <laughs> not even close. Okay. Um, probably your family in England says that, I'm going to guess. Yeah. yeah. So your hometown now? Oh, Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. all right. The three proudest races that you've had been part of run, that you're yeah. most proud of? Um, 
Great Ocean Road half marathon in 22. Um, because that was an une unexpected win. I just, I didn't, I won, won it, but didn't taper for it. I thought there was someone else ahead of me, like the whole way. Because I think Sarah Klein was on the, the list and I just assumed she was on like in a pack of guys. And it was actually Ellie Pashley cycled past me. She was watching and she said to me around, I must've been about halfway and she went, oh, you're the first lady. And I had like, no idea up until that point. So that was like a, an unexpected win. And that was just like really fun to win a big race like that. Um, Another one would probably be the Bernie 10 that I did the same year. Um, that was just like the first time that I really executed like a big negative split in a race. I think I ran like 17 flat for the first 5K and then we've been 16.36 for the second 5K. And then probably... What, what, what position were you that race? I think I was fourth or fifth. Hmm. Fifth, fifth. Um, and yeah, all the girls that finished ahead of me were all like the big Aussie like representative. So like to come like just the next one down was like a bit of an achievement for me. Um, and then I probably say probably Valencia, my marathon PB. I, I, it wasn't quite where I went around 234, which now in hindsight, I remember I crossed the finish line. And I was a bit disappointed with myself and my partner finished a few minutes behind me and he crossed the finish line and asked how you did. And I was like, oh, I didn't do very well. And he thought like I hadn't even PB'd. And, it was a two and a half minute PB, but I was wanting a bit more and I was just like really beating myself up about it. But now having had the last year with like loads of injuries, it's going to make me appreciate having like those moments a lot more. Okay. That's uh, some good talking points there. Past and current coaches. Uh, so I've only ever had like one coach before you. Um, so I was coached by Tim Crosby um which uh he only started coaching started coaching me but a few weeks before I ran Melbourne Marathon so only about four or five weeks before that um which was end of 2021 um and then I've been with you since September yeah yep um do you have a training group uh not currently no because um obviously I used to train with people from Crosby crew I still run with a few of the guys like sometimes when I'm not injured, um, for like easy runs and stuff, but I do a lot. I was doing a lot of my training solo anyway because of my work schedule. Um, because I move around a bit for work, so yeah, a lot of it solo. All right, yeah. And where do you run the most? Location, trails, um, bit of a mix, really. Like obviously, I do sessions at Albert Park, and then try and get onto the trails like around like Studley Park, um, and like Yarra Bends and like Yarra Boulevard a bit. Um, but then I run quite a bit. I'm up in Ballarat quite a bit for work. So I run up there either around the lake or um, I run with a group there called Heartbreak Athletic Club. And like they go out and do quite a bit of the trail running. Is it the Canadian bush? Someone else yeah. always leads the run. So I don't, I never concentrate don't when worry. I'm running. Yeah. It all looks the same out there. It's an easy yeah. place to get lost. Yeah. Um, shoe size? Or I've never actually learned Australian shoe sizes. I'm a European. 39 which i think is an australian well, is that eight? i don't know really australian um, what is what uk you know your uk size wouldn't you U, uk would be size six is that a, oh, yeah i think you yeah you might be a uh like a a women's eight us eight does mm -hmm. sound right I think, yeah women's eight or eight and i usually go up a half size for running though so all right music what's on the playlist what sort of genres, bands? Oh, I listen to a real mix. Um, 
that's difficult. Like uh, I was listening to The Clash earlier, Tom Waits. Um, but yeah, anything. Is like, that like old school punk rock? The Clash is. Tom Waits is a bit more like bluesy kind of, yeah. Do you like um, American punk rock? No, not so much American. I prefer British. Oh, like the, you know, the glory days of Blink-182 and... Oh, no, no, no. no Kenny not so now we're yeah, now we're talking. That was <laughs> some good music. I'm not sure yeah. I went far back enough to listen to yeah. The Clash. Yeah, Millie Collin. Yeah. Oh, how old are you, Reese? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm 33. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that takes you back, doesn't it? Feel like a teenager again listening to that music? Yeah, I was the youngest um, of four boys, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got the hand-me-down CDs. Um, what podcast do you listen to? Oh, it's got to be Inside Running. Yeah, well, given, but yeah. any others? Uh, I listened to, um, what was there was one I was listening to? I've been listening actually quite a bit to, so Jake Smith has done his own podcast called like Running With Red S because when I had my um, sacral stressy, I was in low energy availability. So I was like listening to that quite a bit. He does quite a good like set of interviews with people that have gone through similar sorts of things. So mm. I listened to that quite a bit. He's, a, he's had a very crazy journey, hasn't he? Mm. He got his, he I think he had a metatarsal, stress fracture, cross-trained the entire way through it, didn't lose, like, any fitness, got back to training, and three weeks later got his sacral stressy. So, yeah. 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 He was um, about to set the world on fire. He was yeah. pacing two, yeah, five yeah. guys to 30K. It was w yeah. wild watching him. Um, and then what did he run last night, 8.12 for a 3K, yeah. I saw? Yeah, yeah. So he's getting so, back, but certainly not. Yeah, go on, Reese. So, so just quickly, I – he paced myself and my Kiwi mate, Callan, when we in Wrexham years back and he ran 2.11 flat off a sip of water. Yeah. We finished the race. Yeah, decided yeah, to finish hit, the race. Decided to finish it, yeah. Wow, yeah. He, pa yeah. he paced the Olympic standard uh, um, for the men at Valencia to, I think, 30K or something. Yeah. Mm. He was doing a lot of pace work and I remember he went to Uganda and that looked really <laughs> tough. Running the That's where he says he cooked himself. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, all right. And, Rach, your ambitions for Osaka obviously probably changed a little. Where are you yeah. sitting at now in the head? Ambition is to make it to the start line. Mm. Good. You'll enjoy it more if you start than if you're standing on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah. It's okay to go there and only run halfway, by the way. Experience is still fine. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, good train system to get back. You'll be fine. Uh, you've got seven weeks, though. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I've uh, had my foot taped up today, so that could be a real game changer. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that can change everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Done. Um, you just need some deep heat next and you'll be yeah. you'll be totally over it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Reese, we'll do the same thing. Firstly, where are you from at the moment? Like where are you? Yeah, that's a good from? way to that's a good way to start. So I'm in a, a little town called Woolgooga, and the house I'm staying at does not have Wi-Fi. So Notice I apologize that. if you see me cut in and out. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. So Why are you there? I'm, 
one there uh this is the little hometown of my wife so we're up here i've uh, got my second three weeks of paternity leave i've linked it together with christmas leave so we're spending two and a half weeks up here lovely and where is it exactly so if i don't know if people will know where coffs harbour is but it's it's about two hours south of byron it's kind of halfway between sydney and brisbane up in northern new south wales how many people I want to say 4,000. Yeah. Really nice. grilling. It's, prob- yeah. it's probably similar to Anglesey in a way, except for it's got a Woolworths. Yeah. Oh, that's a detraction. Um, all right. So is that where, where are you from then, around there? So I did primary schooling in a little town called Mwilumba, which is kind of like a hippie town inland from Byron. And then I did my high schooling in Coffs Harbour, which is about 20 minutes south of where I am now. Right. And so that's where you met your wife, I'm guessing. Yeah, met her at a, at a duathlon at the local blueberry farm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, Mate, that's where you meet him. <laughs> um, you in Melbourne now? I think we know that, don't we? Yeah, so living in yeah, living in Melbourne now. So in Richmond, just the same as Rachel. Oh, there you go. You guys far from each other? No, I don't think so. you're down more down. Is it Burnley Cremorne way? Is it? Yeah, I'm near yeah. Burnley Park, so um, won't give too much away now, Rachel. This is an open oh, forum, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on that side of Richmond. And um, you're on the other side, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in the right in the middle, I think. Well, no, yeah, I'm yeah on the outskirts, I guess, closer it's to East Melbourne. Richmond, isn't it? Are you like just kind of near that, like you know, like that clinic that people go to make themselves feel better? Yeah, yeah, I'm very close. Are to you it. actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah down the road, yeah. Wait, yeah. so oh, there's a heroin clinic. It's oh. like a needle exchange place. There's oh, yeah. often like they do it. They go around the streets with um a sharp spin in the morning, and they pick up all the sharps. They have like a little crew that goes out. So if you go out on an early morning run, you see the people collecting all the syringes. Hopefully, they get Come out to before Melbourne. you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Reese, your three, the three races you're most proud of. Uh, number one, Copenhagen half marathon, which is my half marathon PB. I ran 63, 38, and every kilometre was in within three seconds of one another. So it was like the only race I've ever done where there was just like, it was just perfect. And the last 3K, I felt like I was, blo- I kind of got gapped by a few guys and I thought I was blowing up. But then when I look back on it, it just, they had accelerated. I was still running the same pace. So mm. that's number one. Um, number two is probably when I did Tarawira Ultra back in like 2019 i had no idea what i was doing and just wore a pair of road shoes and did one gel an hour type thing and some red bulls and it was kind of i don't know just it taught me how to just suffer through i feel like i can suffer through anything so it just gave me a lot of mental strength and number three maybe when i was six years old and i won the banana coast fun run <laughs> when the leader turned the wrong way and i didn't Hold back and overtook him with 50 meters to go. Yeah. You don't give him the bet, the prize either. You don't split the prize no. at the end. No, if you go the wrong direction, you know. And it's, I think I got $50 when I was six. 
Right. Change the game. Good money, Not gonna win. You, know, you know, I thought you might have included that Lake Biwa that I beat you at. You, you know what? Actually, I'll give you something. Lake Biwa can go number three because nine out of ten people pull out in that situation, right? Mm. And not only did I not pull out, I celebrated your success and other people's <laughs> success that that night and not once did I feel sorry for myself. It's like we all have bad days. It's still my slowest marathon to date, I think. Um, yeah, what was it, it? What was it? Just so 232. 232. Oh, wow. I thought they pulled yeah. you off the course there at that pace. No, nah, mate, no one was pulling me off the course. Uh, the crowd was roaring for me. <laughs> you you wouldn't you wouldn't know that you're kind of here. Yeah. That's a long way. I mean, home. It was a long way home, but yeah, that was a, that was another learning moment. With I'll be honestly, I, let's go that as my top three because Lake Biwa was like a big change, a big turn in my whole running kind of career because I turned up to that race and I didn't have any gels. I had electrolyte drink in my bottle, so I didn't have any sugar. So I was planning on running that marathon on electrolyte drink. So I literally had no carbs was my, because I knew nothing. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I uh, looked back at that and that was a big learning moment going, okay, if you're going to do this, you might want to take it a bit more serious. Well, isn't there some sort of physiology unit, physio degree, where you learn about the body, even just a small amount about like how it feels itself? That's more, so not in physio, in physiotherapy a little bit. Oh, mate, like, I don't know. I was, oh, don't you know. Do you in like primary and secondary school that sugar is feel like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was. In a physio degree. There's an entire industry on this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't really listen in high school, so. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm guessing you didn't have a coach at that time either. No, no, that's just when I started going solo. Yeah, yep. Um, so, any have you ever had a coach? I was trained. I, I trained with Dick Telford's squad from 2017 to kind of the end of 2018. And he kind of, it was more so I just joined their squad. He'd just send an email out. He kind of helped me a little bit before Chicago, sending, like, sending me some advice. He recommended that I just needed, say, two gels and I'll be fine in Chicago. Um, which is my first marathon. You did well um, there, I, didn't you? Still first. One. Yeah, yeah, ran two sixteen there. So mm. I was stoked. That was kind of pre super shoes. So um, that's probably I probably should have said that is one of my top my maybe my number one run actually. Um, I was good. just really really five good five k shape then. Um, Do you know what my marathon yeah. is? Three forty eight. <laughs> yeah, three forty eight for your debut. <laughs> my first ever marathon. <laughs> You're no, and you said I had better. a long. You said I had a long day at two thirty-two. Yeah, three forty-eight. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that what pace bad, is that? Like six-minute pace. Oh, I couldn't. I have no idea. I just went out. Oh, I was yeah. twenty-one, maybe. It's got That's done. no excuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen those Kenyans? They're running tw- twenty years old. They're running two-two. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the year race that um. That there were super shoes were out by then. I, I know that yeah. because I remember you ran that in 2017 or 2018, actually. Super shoes were definitely out because I remember copping shit from um a few of those Telford crew because we we called out uh 
someone getting put on the start line at Chicago that year because we thought it was odd how, <laughs> how someone got a spot from Australia. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, like at, it was 2018 because I remember exactly sitting where I was where I got some angry messages. Yeah, and and wasn't about me, and I don't think you received any angry messages from me personally. No, no, you 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 were you yeah. just went out and got the job done. But that was super shoes. What are you talking about? You're telling lies there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a little fib in there. The guys I was running with weren't in super shoes. I might have had a pair of uh, the old Nike four percenters on. That yeah, I picked up from a well DFO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cheeky, cheeky. Um, so, do you do your training solo, or you run with others around Richmond? I uh, I started doing a little bit with like Denise runners, kind of before um, Melbourne Marathon for uh, about six weeks there. So I'd do that on say Tuesday evening, and then on Saturdays I join up with uh, Dave Ridley and Ben Kelly, and we kind of just get it done around Albert Park on a Saturday morning. Otherwise, everything else I just jog around. If I see people, I have a chat and join with them. So yeah, yeah, all right. Um, and you, I mean, we sort of covered this, but you do most of your running to and from work, don't you? Any specific workout spots or long run spots you go to? Uh. Say I don't mind. I live where I live. I'm close to Burnley Boulevard, so I do a lot of. If I have to do anything solo, I just do it Burnley Boulevard. Otherwise, workout spots is Albert Park. Um, yeah, is no, everyone I don't just really... go to Albert Park now in Melbourne? That's just yeah. where everyone goes. Pretty much. Yeah. Just run on the road. Yeah. yeah, run on the road. Yeah, you get get abused every now and then. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty wide road though. It's a nice one to run on. There's just one spot near the swimming pool uh, where you kind of have to almost be in the middle of the road and take the roundabout on and some people don't enjoy that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd have a big hoof. What shoe size? Uh, US 11. It's oh, not as big as you think, is it? No, that's small for a big tall guy like you. I know, I know. I've got a mate. Have you ever met Tony Payne? Yes. You know he's got a bigger foot than me and I reckon he's five foot flat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez, that's not something to brag about, not to the public. Yeah, that, that, that is true. That is true. Um, music, punk rock, melancholic. Yeah, I kind of grew up in that generation with you Blink and Sum 41 and stuff, so I don't mind that. I've kind of moved away from it a little bit um, and listened to kind of some more chilled music this day and age. For some reason, I've got into a lot of South African-type music recently. The, just the Spotify algorithms just got me for some. I don't know. Do you do you find that a lot of old punk rock people like listening to um, rap music as well? Ah, uh, absolutely. I don't mind listening to rap, but I don't haven't listened to modern day rap like you know Eminem. I was kind of that generation as well. Mm. I was that young Caucasian boy put his hat on backwards and thought he could rap. I think I did a school talent one time where I mimed uh, Eminem Eight Mile. Oh yeah, you still know the words off by heart. Oh, yeah, you get to Mum's spaghetti and then it, then I run out. <laughs> we so i think the the punk rock generation moved to rap real quick once we started getting decent punk rock when it turned to that sum 41 stuff when before that uh and you had to go and get your um anti-establishment fix from the from the the hip hoppers and the rappers but 
if you want to learn a rap, and I had challenged um, Ali to this a few years ago, try and learn the first verse to Feel Me Flow by Naughty by Nature. And I don't even care. I don't even care if you have the music playing and you just like sing and rap with it. It's still impossible. Those guys are like magicians. Feel I've never me flow. heard this song. Yeah, well, feel me flow. Write it down and we'll come back next week and you can both have a crack at it. <laughs> when was this song released? Oh, probably mid-90s when the band was mid popular. Mid-90s. Okay. Feel me flow. You would have heard it. It's actually off the 8 Mile movie. It's the song they're singing in the building before they burn it down. Like it's, right. it's, it's when they're dancing in that building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. it's a very good song. Anyway. It, challenge, challenge accepted. All right, good. Um, podcasts. Uh, honestly, honestly, God, I, I've listened, I listen to you guys a little bit, but I'm not a person. That, I don't listen to people. Yeah, only when, we, uh, only when you're on it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, no, uh, yeah, honestly, I have never jumped on the whole uh, podcast bandwagon. Okay. Not even if you're injured, like on cross-training? No, because I've got, like, music to listen to or, like, I'm also a bit of a nutter where, like, I'll do, when I was training for ultras, I do four or five-hour runs and listen to nothing. Just, yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah. What do you mm. think about just like I solving problems to the world, and um, no, someone someone did ask me the other day, and I honestly don't know. I think I just, I think I just think how much this sucks, and I can't wait for it to end. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? Do you listen to music when you run? Sometimes, not like never when I do a session. Sometimes, if I just go out for a run, I'll listen to music, but. Yeah, like I, I'm not, it's not something I need, but like it, when I'm cross training, I have to listen to something. Mm, yeah. Um, like when I was doing a lot of aqua jogging, I'd have to have a podcast or something on to get me through because that is really, otherwise, you're getting deep into the thoughts of this sucks. I really want this to be done. Mm. How are you listening to things when you're in the water? Uh, so my trick was because I remember hearing that Sinead accidentally like dropped her earphone. Mm. Well, I think she said it was a glass of wine, so maybe not when she was cross-training. So <laughs> I, you know those running buffs that you wear around your neck? Uh-huh. I put that over my head and ears and put, like, Bluetooth headphones in and then aqua jog. Oh, that'd be great. That's a great visual. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking. So so you look absolutely normal then in the pool. Yeah. 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 Who's, who's the crazy woman in lane one? She's looking at my children. <laughs> and she's just jogging in the water. It's come up to me like yeah more so in the uk when i was aqua jogging in the uk i had so many lifeguards telling me i couldn't be in the deep end with the float if i needed a float to spin i was like excuse me (laughs) aqua jogging here oh boy do you do they even put their head on the water in the uk i don't think that any of them put their head on the water do they they're all scared of water that's why you got kicked out of the deep end and do you have yeah. many do you have many British listeners here, Moose? Uh, I'm sure we will after Rachel gets on there and promotes us. Yeah, I bet Josh Lund can't swim. Oh, he can't do a lot of things. Run a marathon <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> um, now, Ray, uh, Reese, ambitions for a soccer. 
I would like to run a PB. So uh, ideally I've run 213 twice. So if it says 212, over the moon. But, you know, anything, if I run a PB, absolutely over the moon. Not not chasing any big gains. Um, I know most people when they state their goals in a marathon this day and age are like, oh, I'm going for a five-minute improvement on this one. Um, doesn't matter how fast they've gone. For some reason, they always think they can run five minutes faster. So for me, literally, if goal is 24 seconds faster than my PB and I'm, oh, mate, it'll be a good night in Osaka. So why have you guys picked Osaka and what do you know about it, Rachel? Like, were you watching last year and you thought this would be a great one to do or how have you picked Osaka? Uh. Yeah, I remember, well, I think I'd, we tried to watch it last year, but with Japanese ones, it's always a bit difficult to find mm. a stream. But like, yeah, I remember Lisa did it, and um, it was kind. It was a partly timing because I spent a lot of time out last year. It was just thinking about when could I get to a point where I'd be able to train for a marathon, and Osaka fell into that sort of um, period where it worked out quite well. Obviously, traveling from Australia as well, it's similar time zone, usually just like one or two short flights. Um, and it's also like it's it's meant to be like a flat, fast course. Um, and I, I love I've been to Japan at like 10 years ago and like I love the food and the culture. So it was just kind of a good excuse to get in a, a good holiday as well. And obviously it was like a, I'd actually already entered it before the Mizuno opportunity came up. I'd already gone in through the lottery. So um, when the, the Mizuno opportunity came up, it, yeah, kind of all just married together. And then my shins came to ruin everything. Not yet. They haven't ruined it. Not, Not yet. yet. They're trying, but they, yeah. we won't let them. No, no. Um, I'm, I'm challenging this curse. <laughs> Reese, have you looked at this race for a while? Why did you do this over like um, Tokyo or something? So in 2019, this man by the name Julian Spence ran his famous 214 marathon and he got selected for the Australian team to be the sole representative <laughs> at Doha. I also was at that race and had the worst marathon of my entire life, as we just spoke about. I have been wanting redemption at Biwa since I crossed <laughs> that finish line. So at BWA Marathon obviously doesn't exist anymore. It's kind of amalgamated into Osaka Marathon. So um, I always knew I was going to come back uh, for that redemption. I'm just that sort of bloke. And, man, the, ru the running culture in Japan is, is something else. Like the way they all go out suicidal, that's me. Uh, I just love the way they're, they're happy to do 300-kilometer training weeks and, and lay it on the line and they take all these risks in training and, Man, I'm all for the. I have no interest in the Kenyan running star, uh, running uh, world. No interest. It's boring. I can tell you some great Kenyan stories. The Japanese uh, culture and running world is where it's at. Have you read the book? The uh, what is it? The Way of the Runner. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've, I, yeah. yeah I've read that Japanese one. Um, yeah, it's it, like I think it's a good insight into it. Like obviously, it gets a bit dark when they talk about kind of how they are a bit controlled and things like that mm. and their mentality, but, um, oh, man, there's something about their tough nature and they're all in. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty different culture over there. They don't seem to want to yeah. ever get influenced by what's happening elsewhere. They just stick to their own Yeah, which, which, is what, which is what I like. Like, 
you know, a Kenyan can go to a random dance and then all of a sudden all of us in the Western world are doing dancing before our mm-hmm. marathons because that's how you run 203 type thing. And, you know, the Japanese, they ain't dancing before they go and run, you know, you know, 150 of them go run 205 or 206. So, you know, they're not that far off the African nations and they're not doing all this lovely doodah stuff. Well, didn't they struggle to convert from being such good half marathoners to marathoners for a long period of time? They struggled to have anyone really going under 210, even though they had like 300 guys under 63 minutes or something. Didn't they? I didn't know that. I wonder what changed. That's interesting. It was a few years ago, I reckon. And, and the, you know, that you always saw the universities pumping out like, I think it was about 300 people under maybe 64 minutes and then, there was 900 people under 69 minutes for men anyway in that um, forget what ma- half marathon it is. But then, yeah, they might, they may have only had two or three go under 210 for the same year. So they, yeah, they had wonder, trouble producing marathoners, but it's changed. When, yeah, when do you reckon that was? Oh, uh, probably 10 years ago. Okay, so not that long ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh have you done any other races there rachel japan no 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 no. so that was before you were running you you headed over there well i think i ran a little bit but yeah no i wouldn't have ever been like doing international races or anything like that then all right well it's time for me to do the um post episode read from mizuno so this is it The Wave Rebellion Pro 2 is the pinnacle of Mizuno road racing, bringing together an innovative midsole shape with soft Mizuno Energy Light Plus foam and a carbon-infused wave plate. The Rebellion Pro 2 makes running fast easy. We'll talk about that shoe later on, maybe when we do some marathon workouts. But for now, I'm going to go into um, some training weeks. So, Rachel... uh, I want to hear about your week, even if it didn't involve too much running. So how about we start? I think the the day that we will start with is New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yeah. yeah. So, Can you just run us through what you did? Yeah. So still wasn't uh, – this was the day before the CT, so I was just doing some cross-training at this point. Um, so just did 45 on the elliptical because we were out late on New Year's Eve, so felt rotten. What did you get up to? Went out for, we had like an early dinner sitting um, and then we went to a house party to watch the fireworks. Well, like you went an early dinner, so like um, you went out to a nice restaurant or something. Yeah, yeah, went to, to a restaurant in Richmond and then, yeah, it's a friend's place that overlooks like the river that we could see the fireworks on. So, um, yeah, just did that and did my gym. So we went, uh, did some weight training. Um then the second, I did a session on the elliptical. So I did nine lots of 90 seconds, 60, 30 seconds off of 30 seconds. Um, and then I did another 30-minute elliptical double in the evening. What are um, you um, on the elliptical? Are you are you going to hold on or are you just? A mix. If I'm doing a session, I usually hold on for the, the reps when I'm doing the reps and then I'll hop, like go to back to the middle bit when I'm on the off. I, I uh, you need to change that, coach. <laughs> no holding? No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it, you're either a holder or you're not. If I'm doing just like a 30-minute easy, then I wouldn't hold on, I don't think. Uh, do you do running arms, though, just to make people in the gym know you're a runner? 
Uh, no, I always wear race T-shirts to make sure that. They <laughs> like, I'm not usually yeah. on here, guys. I'm usually. Yeah. You, know, you just got to tell everyone before you start. Yeah. Wear your rebellion pros too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, take gels, everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the third, I did so I did forty five on the elliptical in the morning and did my weights, and then I because I've been cleared to do a bit of offloaded running. I'm actually quite luckily the soccer club that I work for um, has access to the there's like a clinic next to the Collingwood um, football ground that has an alter G in it. So one of the people from the soccer club let me into the clinic and I got to get on the alter G for 30 minutes. So I did 30 minutes at 70% body weight. Um, there was a bit of an air leak. I, I don't know, have you, you, have you run much on an alter G, Reese? Do you, you have one at work? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I have one. I have one at work. So we always, there's, yeah, air leaks are a common thing. Yeah, so it felt, it felt like I was running at a lot heavier body weight than 70%, but that's what it said anyway. Um, so did that what's and normal, I just what, what's a normal thing a normal um percent to put it on when you use the alter G? Well, the lowest the one that I was on the lowest it could go was 70 percent. So I was all like, oh, right, yeah, that, that's oh, really is that all it goes down to? I think so. The well, yeah, I well, don't know. Ours, ours drops to 20 percent. Yeah, does it just feel like you're, you're barely tapping yeah. the floor? Yeah, it's a waste of time. <laughs> Like when it's twenty, when it's twenty percent, it is. Is it is it just the same as doing an elliptical session though? So uh, biomechanics are different, but yeah. so you don't you don't get like toe off at the end of your gait cycle, and you wouldn't really get a big of a hip drive either. So like it's even though the elliptical is similar, it's definitely not specific enough. For, like you better off being real specific in your training. So the alter G was always going to be better, better than elliptical, even at twenty percent. Not twenty percent, but seventy percent by far. If you if you're not getting any symptoms and you're tolerating that, then that yeah. that'd be really good. Yeah, and if I like, if I could get on it every day, but it's just not possible um, at the moment. I, but you do both because you can probably get your heart rate up higher yeah. on um, the elliptical yeah. than the alter G at seventy yeah. percent. Well, I, my heart rate never gets that high on the elliptical. Like I'm drenched in sweat, and my heart rate will be sitting at like 120, 130. It's quite hard to get it up. <laughs> Very quick story. I knew someone that had a theory that because you take the body weight away on the alter G, you can run at higher speeds. So mm -hmm. say you could run it, you know, say, I don't know what your paces are. So I'll talk about myself. So say like I can run 309 for a marathon on, and so if I'm doing 1K reps, it might be three minute K pace. On an alter G, if I go 70%, I might be able to run them at 250 yeah. at the same effort as three. So there's someone's theory was I could get your leg speed going really, really well. So there's a thing you could try. Yeah. Um, I haven't been back on one since, but yeah. Um, then I did, the next day I did another session on the elliptical, eight by three minutes off of one minute, um, which was an hour total, and did my strength training. Then I took Friday off because I was working. And then, then so then my friend Simone has lent me, she's got um, a lever harness, which is, so it's a similar um, principle to the Alter G. It's a harness that goes over the top of a treadmill, um, has a bungee cord attached to it. The bungee cord loops through a pair of shorts and you put the shorts on and then you tighten the bungee cord to offload your body weight. Um, so I did that. Poor um, man's Alter G. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, but they're still very expensive. Um, yeah. How much do they cost? 
2,000 US dollars. Oh. No. Yeah. Are yeah. they really? Yeah. Jeez. Um, but like the Jeez. pro is that they, like you can unhook it all, pack it all down into like a small, I guess it's kind of like a small suitcase size little carry thing. So you can take it around with you and anywhere that you have a treadmill, you can use it. Um, so yeah, so she's lent that to me for while I'm doing this offloaded running. So I just did 45 minutes at 80% body weight. But with that, it's a bit more of an estimation. It's not an exact. Um, and then... How did it feel? Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm getting like a bit of aching. Um, it's it's mild, like a 1 out of 10. And it tends to get a little bit better during the session. And then by the time I finish, it's usually almost, almost nothing. Um, so then the following day, I did... Um, I did an hour on with the lever harness on. So I did 45 minutes at 90% body weight, 10 minutes at 95%. And then I just did five minutes at the end at 100%. But because you've been running offloaded, once I pulled off the bungee cord and went back onto full body weight, I, I felt like I was my legs were full of lead. Like it was so hard to run back at 100% body weight. Um, but I managed to get through an hour with like one out of 10 pain. Um, so yeah, so I did, I think there was a total of like 20, 22K or something for the week, which, you know, awesome. given I, on Monday, I still thought I had a stress fracture. Not too bad. 28K. So, so the plan will be to progress this coming week then? Because that sounds really promising, really good. Yeah, so hopefully I've seen my physio this morning and he said to try some ground running this week and I've just come from a podiatry appointment and they've sort of taped up my foot to see if that will help as well. Yeah, nice. Um, do you... Do you count body weight percentage in mileage for the year? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's. Do you count water running as mileage? Because there no, used to be someone who would do that. No, that's OCD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are, you track, so, how are you tracking stuff on a treadmill like good anyway? Yeah. Is, is techno, has technology gone that far? Am I being living in a, under a rock that like, treadmills there's a way have, to... Treadmills can count your distance, Reese. Ah, uh, yeah, I never trust those things, mate. Nah. I also never, I also never run on a treadmill, and never, Emma, would I run on a treadmill? I reckon you're the kind of guy who would do one of those challenges, you know, like try to break the Australian 26k record on the treadmill. I've been looking at the 27.2, but yeah, why not add 26 <laughs> in there, mate? <laughs> if you're going to go for one, go for the other as well. That's it. Well, let's talk about your week of training, please, Reese, because um, you're a pretty erratic trainer. But now that you're not working, you could train normally. Yeah, like I had I, this week. I had my ups and downs. That's for sure. So being up here, I kind of so this week was I'd been up here for five days prior to the start of this week, and the five days prior to this week, I trained quite hard I would say very hard and I trained very very well and something that I don't know so I know in the altitude world it takes about 10 days to kind of acclimatize and you really don't want to do anything crazy in that 10 days because you kind of sabotage the entire trip I actually don't know the science or anything behind heat training and if there's I know obviously there's I don't even know how long it takes to acclimatize I don't know if there's a risk of overdoing it um, I don't know if either of you know if there's a protocol of how long you kind of don't do intervals for if you hit heat or? 
Well, even the altitude thing is debatable because yeah. your old coach, Dick Telford, he basically has nearly everyone go and do a workout in the first couple of days of getting there. Like he, Yeah, and that and that's how I used to do it as well at altitude, yeah. I just knew yeah. that it wasn't the normal. No, I think it's still there's just no proven kind of science on it. So it's just an intuition thing that coaches use. I think he yeah. said that if anyone's been there before, he has them do it straight away. But if it's their first time, maybe he takes a couple of days jogging first. Um, yeah. But he, I, I think you can. Um, heat's a tricky one because even if you are properly acclimated, it's still going to struggle with if it's hot, regardless. <laughs> kind of like altitude, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's just been getting used to like what I didn't do in Singapore and that's just adapting my paces mm. and just because when I first got up here, the sessions, I was running very similar paces like I was down in Melbourne and I was just like they were, they were taking a lot out of me. So pretty much on Monday this this week, I was flat, really, really flat. So in the morning, I ran 12.6 kilometres and then in the afternoon, I, I doubled, sorry, in the afternoon, I ran 10.2 kilometers, both just easy jogs. They probably were just under five minute K pace, but I just, it felt disgusting and I felt horrible the entire time. Um, and so then I decided instead of doing two midweek sessions, I'll push back my Tuesday plan session to Wednesday. So Tuesday I jogged again. So I did 15 kilometers easy in the morning. 10k easy in the afternoon same as monday just felt flat felt disgusting how hot is um it? when it's, i mean it's not even that bad it's probably been getting up to 30 degrees most days i haven't checked the humidity it's the humidity is nothing like singapore mm. so um it's definitely yeah so it's not as bad as singapore it's just um yeah i don't know i just struggled so um i'm not sure what the humidity is i'll check the humidity for next week um, so Wednesday, I thought I've got a session. I've just put it off from yesterday. So I did 30 minutes tempo pace and then a three minute jog and then six by 400 meters on like a grass athletics track and the tempo pace, I kind of just, I'm not a heart rate man. Um, I just run it to kind of feel I'm, I'm a creative when it comes to my training. I'm, you know, it's an art form for me. It's not a science. Um, <laughs> So I ran average 321 per kilometer for 30 minutes in my tempo and at the same effort that I was, say, back in Melbourne, I was kind of doing them at 315 pace. Um, so I wasn't super happy with that. And then even the week before when I got here, I ran that kind of tempo at 318 pace. So it was slower than the week before. And then I did six by 400s and I was hitting them in like 72 seconds, whereas the week before I was hitting them in 67, 68. Um so I just felt disgusting that whole time. And then that night, my old man got me into a corporate box at the Big Bash because, say, so Coffs Harbour had a Big Bash game with the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. And we hit the Canadian clubs. And uh, <laughs> my brother was in there and I had, had five CCs because uh, they were just going down nicely after, after doing a session. And also before I got to the Big Bash, I went to the beach and I got a nice sunburn. So I woke up on Thursday morning with sore shoulders, five cc's in the system from the night before, and, mate, I felt a million bucks. Like everything had changed. <laughs> everything had changed. I could not believe it. I was like, this is just everything everyone tells you not to do. Stay away from alcohol. Don't get sunburned. You've been dehydrated. 
So I honestly, I went out for a 10K easy that morning thinking I'm going to feel terrible. Came back, ran 4.30s and just felt like I was jogging on the spot. My legs were popping. Um, so I did a 10K easy again in the afternoon and same feeling. I was just like, I feel good. So Maybe um, you were just um, underfueled or something. Yeah, yeah. You needed the sugar. Yeah, yeah, pot- potentially. Um, I feel like I was over, like eating plenty here. You still had a lot of Christmas leftovers and lollies and snacking on maybe it's a change in the food. I don't know. Um, Whatever. But maybe you've yeah, got to use that going forward. May- yeah, maybe. <clears throat> I, I, you know what? It's not the first time, and I shouldn't advocate this, and it's not the first time I've had a few beers or a few drinks and I don't know if I would run dehydrated just in my day-to-day life. Like I do a whole work day and I don't drink water. So maybe just having a couple of some extra fluid just actually hydrates me. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so then, fr- yeah. So then Friday came around and cause my legs were popping Thursday, I got out and did 20 kilometers in the hills. Um, so, and that had about 510 meters of elevation at an average 423s. And that was the moment I was like, yeah, I'm back. Um, mm. cause it felt comfortable. I didn't feel like I was overworking it. Um, so then I, and I did 10 K easy in the afternoon on Friday. Um, so that meant that I was going to go big on the weekend with my training because I, my original plan was to work out Tuesday, Thursday, and I only did a Wednesday. So Saturday I got up and I did park run plus five by one K. Um had a, I must have been here's respect, Rachel. There's an internship at that local hospital here. Mm. And and he reckons he runs maybe three times a week. And he ran on my coattails until four Ks and he ran like fifteen twenty at Park Run. And he's doing his internship. And wow. this guy this guy can run and I was like, respect. What's his PB? He's probably coming off a night shift. That was his PB. He ran a PB. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. Park run, so, park yeah. run PB. So I re- yeah, exactly. So I ran 15-10 for the park run, which is just like a threshy effort. And then I did 5 by one k which I just wanted them to be faster than the, the park run effort. So I ran kind of 258, three-minute K pace for them. When it... When I do 1K reps just off my GPS watch, I run 1.02. So that's kind of my 1.02. I just, you, I'm you schedule watch for that? No, I don't schedule the watch. I just stop it manually. I, I start and stop manually. At 1. Yeah. 1. 1.02. 1.02, yeah, 1.02. Why, why 0.02? Because if I accidentally stop it at 0.99, it will ruin my entire day. Okay. <laughs> It's and funny, you're, I just, um, it's, but it's funny you're so like pedantic about that. But you just said that you went and did a threshold effort for the five k. But I bet you're not looking at your heart rate for that threshold effort. No, so no, so no. Of course, I was. I can't look at my heart rate. I've got hairy arms. My wrist watch, wrist heart rate doesn't work. It's useless. Because it got pretty high at I the end of that I, park run for a bloke who was just doing it as a uh, session. As a thresh, thresh threshold in my books means I'm going like, you know, I'm going full gas. And also, <laughs> it's off off my wrist if you if you want to take that. Um, no, I, don't, I don't want to take that. But um, for a bloke who I won't run point nine nine instead of one, pretty relaxed about the whole threshold type prescription. 
Yeah, my threshold pace is just faster than my tempo pace. Fair enough. My, th- yeah. my threshold pace just means I'm not enjoying myself. Um, yeah, so I did that. And then so I just chilled in the afternoon. And then Sunday I did a fast long run. So I did th- I did like a warm-up cool down either side, but I did 30Ks at about 326 pace. Um, and I had like the Wave Rebellion 2s on. I had... So I had the the race shoes on just to try and condition the body to hitting the pavement in the actual shoes I've got to wear come race day. Um, so that total shoe report. Yeah, yeah, really good. I they must just suit me the way I been a bit heavier and just where where the kind of there's like a sweet spot, right? Like mm. if you can hit that if you can hit that sweet spot, um, you're laughing, especially on downhills. I, Honest to God, I know everyone's going to say this is bias point of view, and they can say that. But I don't know about you, Moose. But when you run downhills in these shoes, these these things feel incredible on a downhill. Um, They're just like how it was described to me really well was it's like running off a starting block every single time you take a step. mm, It's like you're pushing off this um, this fifty mil midsection of shoe. It's yeah, you got so much propulsion there. Yeah, so I think like other brands feel like you're kind of floating and they feel obviously softer, but this one, if you hit this, this one feels like it pushes you, gives you propulsion and gets you Mm. moving along. But my only, I just wanted to make sure my legs, because I feel like they potentially could beat my legs up a bit more than um, some other shoes. So the easiest way to just prepare that is just do some of these kind of long runs in them and I'll have no problems um, doing that, I don't think. And then in the um... afternoon... You didn't see yep. my um, long run the week before and just copying my training? <laughs> uh, did I give kudos before I lie or don't lie? Oh, um, no idea. No, nah, I, nah, I, I, I did see that from you. So I've done these sort of runs for a fair while and I thought, you'd, I thought you'd be someone that would give me shit for doing something like this. And when I saw you do it, I was like, yeah, you know what? I need to get back on that bandwagon. So you, you did inspire me, I must admit, because they're not fun to do, right? You, you know. Not like, by yourself. You look like you had someone with you. Yeah, so I had uh, one brother-in-law on the bike and another brother-in-law uh, ran 5K with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, he got a good photo of a snake. Yeah, oh, you've been, yeah, yeah. There's a bloody python or carpus. I don't know, in nature. That's, yeah, there's a snake. A I didn't I didn't even see snake. Yeah. Yeah, we're out in the wild west down here. Oh, not wild west, mate, but sort of another another state today. They're everywhere up here. They're um, gentle um, up there, though, aren't they? They're like pets. Yeah, yeah, people love them. They're in, everyone finds them in their house, just like the red-back spiders and things like that. Mm. But, no, that's um, good. That's you, 180K. How much climbing in that yeah. long run? 179. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I must admit, it felt, I was a bit disappointed with that. I, I, because it felt, it felt hillier than that. I was thinking that would be like 250 or more. So I was kind of like, well, that's, yeah, it it hurt a lot more than, like, it just felt hilly. How is your effort? My effort for that? Yeah, what would you have gauged that at? Um, so I would say that effort is, own like say five seconds slower than if I tried to run like a marathon effort. 
mm. or marathon pace. So five to five to ten seconds easier than marathon effort. So like I could still have a, a se- I could still talk like a couple of sentences, but I was like comfortably uncomfortable. So I probably only have, yeah, it's probably about ten five to ten seconds off marathon effort, not marathon pace. Like some patches were kind of difficult, but some patches were really easy as well. Is yeah, that- I think you've nailed that. Yeah, there's yeah. like, um, I think like uh, first 5K I kind of struggled and then I went through like a good patch and then another bad patch and um, which made, and then I think around like 18 to kind of 22K it was a bad patch in there and it, it, it kind of felt like it. And that's why I did like the session on the Saturday because I wanted to be a little bit tired going into this as well. Cause I didn't really care about the paces or I just wanted to feel like I was running the last 30 Ks of a marathon, the last 25 Ks of a marathon. I wanted to get real uncomfortable. Um, so you look at yeah. doing it or just look at do pace drink. No, 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 I don't no. really care about my pace on it. It's purely runoff kind of effort. Gels. Mm. Yeah. Had uh, one gel and just some sips of water. Yeah, I, I I must admit. So this is so, so I'm useless at practicing my fueling and things like that. I'm a bit of a cheap ass, so I don't want to pay for gels and things oh. like that to practice on them. I don't want to waste. You won training. twenty thousand dollars at Melbourne Marathon. <laughs> Buy some fucking gels. I have a ten week old son <laughs> who goes who goes through nappies like no tomorrow, and they're bloody twenty two bucks for a, a week of nappies, mate. <laughs> oh, that is tight from you. Um, so you, uh, you ran 181k for the week. Yeah. 181k for the week. Yeah. It felt better at the end of the week than the beginning of the week. So no, I'm, I'm really happy with that. Uh, yeah. If I could maintain that for the next six weeks, I'll be stoked. Comments or questions on that training week, Rachel? Solid. So is the plan, your plan is to just main, maintain 180 from now or? To be honest, I don't really care less about my total volume so the way i see the way i establish my weekly uh training is actually i might put two to three uh key sessions that i want to get out and out of that week so the week before i did a lot of kind of 18 kilometer hilly runs because i just felt i could plus i did shorter sessions so yeah each week i just established i knew this week i wanted to do a fast long run um so next week I won't do a fast long run, so I'll probably do three shorter and faster sessions next week. Do you plan in advance like the whole block could, like with self-coaching or do you just do it like each weekend for the week coming up? No, I, I honestly go by everything's done by feel. I just I have a few key things I want to hit and then I just work around, um, work around it and I'm like quite dynamic in like every – like. I'm a big believer in like our bodies are just like adaptive machines. So I just want to constantly change the, the stimulus. As soon as I feel like um, something's just becoming repetitive or the same, then I want to change that up drastic. So like uh, every marathon block I do, there'll be some sort of variance compared to the one prior, even and if I've had a successful what's marathon. Be? So this is the one where I'm bringing in kind of trying to push more of those 1K reps. So I, I haven't done that. In the last few, I've kind of just done a lot more like tempo work and fart leg type work. Um, so this one, I wanted to kind of get more comfortable at running sub three minute K pace um, just because it's something I have, just haven't been doing much of over the last couple of builds. 
All right, good. Well, I will whistle through my week. I um, woke up New Year's morning with no hangover whatsoever and ran 38 minutes just on the flat. And then in the Arvo, I decided to get outside for a bit and then on the treddy for a bit because this shin seems to respond a lot better to the treddy rather than outdoors. So I was trying to maximise the flat and uh, no camber, no corrugations, no tree roots. And I just put the incline up a little bit. Seems to feel good on it. So I just did, broke that into five and five, so 10K. Uh, Tuesday morning, just went out pretty early for 48 minutes. I think I had a, I had a um, massage treatment, we'll call it, with the um, myotherapist. And that's when he got into my calf and chucked the needles in. He beat the shit out of it. Like it was so sore that afternoon. Felt like I had been shot. Like I would sit down at my desk and do some work and then get up and try to walk and I was limping and I thought this was a little too much maybe because he would get the needle in and then he would be like mm. making the muscle twitch and uh, it just it, – it, it, but, however, Tuesday afternoon my calf was tight but I, I didn't feel any shin pain on the bone or anything. And then Wednesday I, I jogged that night and it's almost like I jogged, jogged the doms out on the treddy because it felt a lot better after that. And then Wednesday morning, we went to a new estate to do the workouts because down here at the moment, it is carnage with tourists. Mm-hmm. And you, our normal loops are just overrun. So we, we went to this new estate. It's the first time we've run out here. It was at Grossman's, it's, it's oh, what was it called? Ocean Acres or something. And it brand new estate. It's not a, it's not like a small volume builder type estate. It's like, huge blocks with big massive mansions on it and there was really no traffic whatsoever it was a one mile-ish loop and the road surface was perfectly flat and it had new blacktop on it and there was no camber whatsoever there was the the corners weren't that sharp like there were a few corners it was kind of like a um almost like a triangle but they were soft uh a mile was pretty short for the loop, but I didn't really care too much given how nice the surface was and there was no traffic. So we'll go back here again. Uh, in the After the warm-up, I programmed my watch to, to what I wanted the session to be, which was 20 reps of 500 on. And for me, the ons were going to be about 3.5 to 3.10 and 500 float. I was going to try to float at about 3.25-ish and... I fucked up. So I put in 500 as the rep and then on the float I put in, um, I thought I was putting 500 in, but I put in 50 seconds. And so I started, it was so dumb, but I started the workout and I wasn't looking. I would just go off the beeps. So the first rep I was 500 metres and I thought that was good. It was, I'm not sure what pace, maybe like three, five or something. And then I got the beeps countdown into the next rep. I thought, Right, that wasn't very long. Uh, I, I guess I was moving pretty quick on that, on that float. <laughs> and I got to 3K mark and I thought, this session's going to be so easy. Like, I feel like I'm, like, it's, the kilometres are just ticking by. And then about 4K mark, I looked down and my watch is actually counting down in time on the rest yeah. rather than counting down in distance. I thought, yeah. oh, there's something not right here. 
And then I flicked over to the other screen and it showed that I was at like way shorter than I was supposed to be. And I realized what I'd done. It was probably about seven reps in or something, six reps. So what do you do? Kick on? Keep going with it? Kick on, yeah. I thought, all right. And and what was happening is that I was running fast. I was running faster than I should have. And I wasn't actually getting the recovery period. Like if I had have run properly, I would have been getting about a minute 42 to a minute 45 of float, but I was only getting 50 seconds of float before I was having to run fast again. So I wasn't getting a, a, a heart rate decrease as much. And so it was just getting a bit hard, a bit quick. And once I realized that, I thought, okay, push the ons a bit more and, 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 and we'll just do 10K worth of work. And then once I got to 10K, I thought, oh, just go to 15 reps. And by that stage, Matt Gunther had finished his workout, which he was doing with the other crew, Ali's group, and he jumped on the bike and he got me through to 20 reps. So I ended up doing 20 reps of it, pretty much finished it off as, as it was in the watch. Uh, I was averaging about three minutes to three, five in the, the ons and my floats. I was not looking at pace, but it looks like the floats would probably average about 325, I think. Um, I haven't really so gone through So it. what was the distance and the average pace for the whole session? Oh, yeah. So it was 14.8K and it was 312 average. Oh, so that's I'll, good. That's good. Yeah. Look, this is a GPS-friendly loop. I, I won't lie. There's a few mm. corners where at the start of the corner, I look down and it would say like 3.7 pace and then I would get out of the corner and it would be 3.3 three pace. And I thought, oh, this yeah. is nice. This is, yeah, this, yeah. Is, <laughs> this is comfy in the mind. But I knew <laughs> at the end that maybe I was, um, I was sort of taking the piss a bit. But yeah. no, I was happy with the workout. It, it, like I got to a point in it where it was fucking hard, like really hard towards the end. And I'm glad I finished it because it was, I, was, I had to self-talk through this one a little. Um, like in terms to finish it, I had to get, set myself like these tiny little goals, the 10K goal, the 15 lap goal, and then to finish was, um, it was, I felt happy that I finished. And then I finished and the other guys are doing their workout for like another 10 minutes plus because they're actually doing it how it was planned. But they had a good workout too. Um, oh, damn. Are you the sort of guy that are you the sort of guy that you kind of slightly overprescribe? So then when you're in there and in the hurt boxing, there's a day comes along, you want to be a bit of a pussy, you can cut it short and now you still got a good session out of it? No, nah, I'm probably the opposite. I give yeah, myself. Yeah. I tend to go into these workouts, give myself a little ceiling. Like a, um, I, I, I'll prescribe it, but knowing there's a ceiling above the actual prescription where I can move a little bit. And, yeah. and I tend to always do that. It helps me mentally to get to the workout and not stress about it too much. Yeah. What, yeah. Do, you, what do you think? It's better to do it that way or it's better to um, set something really hard and give yourself a little bit of an out? Oh. The other way. Rachel, you t- what do you reckon? I think if you keep, like if you give yourself an option to micro quit like each time, it can get you into a bad habit. Like I, I would mm. do your method of like leaving room for more because you, if you feel good, you can always just push on a bit. But setting yourself unrealistic targets, like yeah, doesn't seem mm. manageable. When you go and do those one k reps, you're talking about Reese. Are you going to give yourself a a target that's it's easy in your mind to hit or hard in your mind to hit? 
I kind of well, I kind of run it in my head. I'm like, if I'm feeling real good and hit the times I want to hit, I'd rather do 12. So I'd go in there and go, I'm going to do 8 to 12 of these. If I'm mm. feeling really, really good, instead of running them 8 faster, if I just plan on doing 8, I kind of like to be able to go, I'm just going to, I'm going to run 12. So I guess I, I kind of give myself just a range. Like if it's going to be, because I don't go off heart rate or anything, I give a range of if it's a bad session or a good session, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So my, if, it's a, yeah. if it's a good session, it's slightly over-prescribed, but then I also have my bad session. So, and I would say I generally 80% of the time end up doing kind of the more kind of it. I would struggle to do more in that situation and not just run the eight faster. That's as an that's the type of athlete I would be. If I got given the option to go, you can do eight to twelve and you can do the pace from two fifty to three minutes, I'd probably do an eight at three fifty. That's I'm yeah. not sure I would be able to run twelve at the slower pace just because I probably couldn't handle myself during the like discipline myself enough through the workout. Yeah. But when I say like slower pace it's it's could only be seconds so i'm talking like i'm trying to hit say 1k reps in 258 pace um like yeah i don't know like i'd rather just run 12 at 258 than be like like i don't really see the point for what i'm trying to achieve yeah fair enough um yeah i ran the next morning 8k Mm. you might notice that i do a, a lot of double runs more frequent running that is shorter. And I just, I feel like that is more sustainable for me. So rather than go out and run 16K in the morning and no double, I'm doing like two 8K doubles. It, it just, mm. it, it's better for my body. I, I'm feeling like I can recover more and I can get more overall volume in that way. And, and I even split the double runs up. Like the second run, I did 4K in the evening and then jumped onto the um, treddy for 3K to finish it off. Uh, mainly because I had to walk the dog and the dog needs a run, so I took him out for 4K. Uh, ran an hour with um, Ali and Toby on, I think it was Friday morning. Uh, we we got out into, into some hills, which was nice. And then we had a race on Saturday, Saturday evening, Surf Coast Track Night, we call it. Uh, the club group that I ran with down here puts it on. We sort of collab with the running company and also on running Geelong athletics is the, they, they almost host it cause it's at their track. They provide the officials and, and um, we had three 5k races, two 10k races. They were graded. You ran the 5k last year, didn't you? Yeah. Rach? Yeah, did. yeah. Yeah. So it was a good night again. It was pretty warm. I was in the 10k. Uh, the goal, I think I said on the podcast last week that I wanted to run 31 minutes and I felt like, I think I told the group that I ran with Saturday, I said, I think I can run 30, 50 and I ran 30, 54 or 55 it was. So I knew like it was a, it was a decent run for me because of that. The way the race went off, I went out with the lead group i just sort of sort of towards the back of the lead group we went through in 305 which i thought was perfect for what i wanted but i know that there was a bunch of other guys who wanted faster than that so the next k was three minutes k after that was three minutes and by that stage i was already thinking this is feeling too hard at 3k for me to finish with this group so i'm hoping that it splinters soon because 
I wasn't dropping off because I was middle of the group. And if you're middle of the group and the pace is just that slightly bit too quick, there's not much you can do about it. You can't just step out and let people just go around you um, or, or pass when you're inside. You're just committed to it. So that pretty much fucked me. But I, I stayed on until like I think it was about 4.8K when one bloke just got a bit of it, had a bit of enough of it and he took off a little bit. And then we went through 15, 18, pack splintered. I stayed with one other guy for maybe two laps. And then I think about 10 laps left, I was by myself and I ran by myself to the finish, which did not provide much incentive to keep the pressure on the pacing when you're, you're running 10 laps solo. You know you're not going to break any type of benchmark time or threshold time or anything like that. So you're not going to catch the person in front and the person behind you is sort of blown up where they'll never be a threat. You're, just, you're pretty much time trialing to the finish. So I, I, I finished 30, 50, five, four, four or five. I'm going to have to look that up later because that's, that's annoying me. But I was happy. I was happy. Uh, it wasn't a great race. It wasn't a bad race. It was hot too. It was pretty warm, yeah. I'm not sure what the benchmark is for hot. It was about 24, Mm. I think. What's that? Is that hot? Pretty humid. Yeah. There wasn't there wasn't any real sun, but it was just it was real sticky. Yeah. Oh, they had a sprinkler at the like 300 meter mark, but it didn't really provide a lot of relief. I would have enjoyed some bottles on the side to get over your head, but. Anyway, that's it. Uh, and we jogged twice on Sunday to make up. Geez, what did I even run last week? Let me have a look. It wasn't a ton because I didn't get a long run in. It was 122K. That's the annoying thing about that 10K race, no long run. But this week will look heaps prettier because we haven't had to recover from one. Uh, so that's me. Um and this week we got two big workouts, Wednesday and Sunday. So hopefully you get fit for them. All right. That's a, that's a, that's week. episode one. See you, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough of that. Gee, sure, yeah. the early the early the early knockoff for Reese. <laughs> um, what do you got planned this week, Rach? You wait. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be good if I can get some ground running in. Yeah, just hoping that this gets better. It's getting there. It's getting there. But, yeah, just got to be patient, unfortunately. Um, but it'd be good if I can get some outdoor running in when I'm in Ballarat. Some dry oh, needling, maybe? Going to Falls Creek on Saturday. Oh, are you? Yeah. We had it pre-booked before, um, before I had my scan and... Then when I got the MRI, we tried to cancel the accommodation, but it was non-refundable. So, so I just go anyway. Take a um, take a spin bike up. Yeah, I'm gonna bring my bike, and I'm gonna bring that. Hopefully, bring that lever harness as well. I, I'm hopeful that I might be doing a bit more outdoors then. If not, I'll just yeah. aqua jog in that lake. Oh really? Wow, cool. I don't know. I don't know if you can aqua jog in that. <laughs> Are you allowed to swim in that? Isn't that like a water? Oh, supply? I don't know. Can you swim in there, Reese? Do you know? In the big I've never been to Falls Creek. Yeah. Oh. Nah, you'll be bored not running. You'll be real bored. The cricket's not on. I don't think there's a test on it. 
so you won't be able to watch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's not much else to do, I imagine, up there. No. You could do Thank some you. good bike riding. You could hike if your leg's not sore. Um, you could people watch. Down in that like yeah. snowman area. Anyway, um, there's good mountain biking there though. You could go like take on some trails. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Reese, what do you got on? You back to Melbourne or are you staying up there? Uh, back to Melbourne on Saturday, so I'll have much better internet connection next week. And just quickly, I have one question, mate. No one's asked you what are your goals and ambitions for oh, yeah. Osaka. Because you're mm. sneaking your way through this and you're kind of, a couple of weeks ago you said to me, oh, you know, you, you two are the ones with the egos and I personally don't think I've ever run with an ego. And uh, I would like to know with your Geelong performance, I, I know tracking your training that this is the fittest you've been for a very long time and if you're anything like me, you're looking very optimistic at Osaka. What, what are you actually thinking? Well, I am optimistic after the last few marathon workouts. The 10K mm -hmm. didn't give me much hope, but I also don't really care too much because mm -hmm. I remember Clay, this bloke, Clay Hobgood, he did, a, um, he did a deep dive into people that have broken 215 and there's mm -hmm. only been um, one person that hasn't broken 29. I'm the slowest 10K runner out of all the 215 guys. So I am last on the list. Uh, in Australia, in Australia, yeah, yeah. Well, um, have you seen my PB? I was going to say, yeah. What's what, your ten k? Oh, this was before. When? What's your PB? Well, are we talking on a certified course? Uh I guess thirty oh one. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna go back and. F when did you run sub two fifteen first time? Ah, uh, two thousand and twenty-one. Yeah. Okay. So this this was done before you did that. So now you are yeah. the slowest. <laughs> <laughs> but I've run twenty-nine forty on uncertified course. What's that? Albert Park or something? Nah, this was over in the UK. It's called the uh, Speedway Ten K, and I did it. So it's on my power of ten. If for any UK listeners, um, I did it six days post running a two thirteen marathon. Oh shit. Okay. Jeez. Didn't you run yeah. some like downhill marathon where it was a bit like cheating? So if you were like a troll on the internet and you just keep <laughs> keyboard bash and you're happy to say that, but if you were there on the day and you realised that one Cam Levens struggled, he ran like 210 on this course, who's gone on to run 205, you'll realise that... Uh, the torrential rain, and so it's six laps where you run 3K kind of down, 3K back up. So you have to run up the hill, so six laps. How will give you course, but a net downhill? So, 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 so there is a little kicker. There is a little kicker. So three laps, and then at the 39-kilometre marker, instead of finishing your six lap, you just keep running straight, and you may or may not come across a nice downhill. <laughs> right. yeah. Sounds like a nice one to do, but won't go to World Athletics Profile or Power of Ten. Hopefully not. That race? You said you said it was on your Power of Ten. What for that for that marathon? The downhill race. 
so that was legal. That was because uh, it's Olympic. Uh, you're allowed to qualify for the Olympics on it. They had the this most gardens the, one, wasn't it? What was that? In Kew Gardens. No, no, this is in Austria. This is in like oh. this. This is peak COVID, where I had to get like allowed to leave and go to a red country, and yeah, they took yeah. us to the mi- middle of Austria onto like this freeway they were building, and they just did it up and back on this freeway. Yeah. Um, and no, they hit the maximum amount of downhill elevation allowed oh, to really? be a qualifier. Yeah, so okay. um, but, but anyway, it's not my PV anyway, so I don't care. Uh, but no. It's funny that we have the the last and second last 10K, like the slowest two 10K runners ever to break 215 on this show. That's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, I would like to run a faster 10K, but I couldn't. I hate 10K. Yeah, you it's got to be the hardest. Yeah, it's got to be the hardest distance. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, my goal is to run. Uh, I haven't decided yet. It, it won't be that fast. It, I want to break two twenty. That would be. That would be. No, be, no, twenty. They'll make a Netflix series about it. It'll be the best comeback ever in history of sport. Uh, it'll have. Well, hold on. Work. Something miraculous might happen with my shins, and that could be like. Oh, next. that could, yeah. yeah. This could That's be a series. This they might make a movie out of this series. Yeah. <laughs> they'll have like we, the full on. Uh, yeah, the dialogue and everything. <laughs> Reese could qualify for the Olympics. Oh, mate, I'm no way in the world am I qualifying for the Olympics. Well, t- Tom DeCano ran 211. You're basically a Tom DeCano. Mate, Tom DeCano is levels above me. He always has been, and that man has been running way below his potential in the marathon for so many years. So I still don't reckon he's even hit his potential there. So it's good to see me had a good one out, mate. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining, guys. And next week, what we'll do is we'll have listen to questions, and we'll be able to, to uh, maybe dissect the training a little more. Talk about Osaka, what your plans are there, like around um, Mizuno's trip, because you guys will have a good time. Um, but first episode, nice to meet you. Welcome to the world of podcasting. Thought you performed quite well, Reese. Good to see you're not as drunk this time. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. It's it in my contract, mate. Must stay sober. <laughs> but Rachel, only for the day, de- only for the debut episode. But so I'll be back next week. <laughs> Hopefully, Rachel, you're not too um, you're not too tired for your hard job that you are doing as a doctor. We haven't yeah. kept you up too late. No, no. Well, yeah, I have to drive to Ballarat in the morning. So. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, crew. Catch you later. So, right, yeah. Cheers, mate. The Inside Running Podcast Road to Osaka series is powered by Mizuno, committed to making marathoners faster for now and the future.